This is the Smart Pizza Marketing Podcast, episode 51. This is the show where I get to interview the most successful pizza entrepreneurs and marketing experts in the business today, asking them the questions to help you grow your business. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Smart Pizza Marketing Podcast. Real quick, before we get into today's guest, have you heard of the Pizza Saver? The Pizza Saver would have helped me out a few days ago. I live in Boston, and I went to the North End to get a pizza. And it was a great margarita pizza from a great shop in the North End. But when I brought it home, the bottom was a disgusting, soggy mess. And I really should have emailed them right back. I might actually do that right now, actually. I'm going to email them the Pizza Saver. The Pizza Saver not only helps you create that great tasting pizza when you get home and not have that soggy, disgusting bottom of the pizza, but it also makes you stand out among the competition. It makes you get noticed in front of your customers, and they will notice it when you use it. So if you want some free samples from the Pizza Saver guys, head over to pizzasaver.com, or you can even head over to smartpizzamarketing.com forward slash pizza saver with my interview with Ed, what the Pizza Saver is exactly, and how it can benefit you and help you grow your business. So go check that out while I go email the people over at the North End where I went last week and uh, give them some tips on how to make a better pizza. All right. Also, guys, if the Mastermind Group hasn't started yet, we have a new group opening up every two weeks. So if you missed out on the last week's group, uh, you still have a chance to get in for the next one. Just head over to smartpizzamarketing.com forward slash mastermind, and you can see all the information. There's like a five-minute audio there where you can get some more information about the Mastermind Group, who is it for, how it can benefit you, and maybe who it's not for. So there's some uh, information and some audio on that. All right, today's guest is Ann Farrell from Farelli's Wood Fired Pizza in. Uh, we had a great talk with her. I get a lot of emails from guys, and I love getting emails from guys or anybody actually about how to hire. Like, I know you guys are having a hard time finding and training and hiring good help. So I'm trying to get guests on who are experts in that field, and maybe not they're not experts in the field of hiring and finding new help, but they figured it out. Either they have a business and they have very many employees and they have a great system on how to do that, or they are experts in that field. So the next few guests are going to be about how to find and train great employees. And Anne is one of those guests. So today we talk a lot about that. We talk about the history of her at Ferelli's, her background. Her background isn't necessarily in pizza. She has a degree in this. So she's coming at it from an angle of, you know, she's really studied and knows her stuff. And I ask her a lot of questions about how they find their employees, how they train them, what's the onboarding process of their employees and uh, we go into all that detail. So let's just get right into this episode and with Ann Farrell of Farelli's Wood-Fired Pizza. All right. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Smart Pizza Marketing Podcast. Super excited for today's guest. Her name is Ann Farrell, and she is the Director of Development for Farelli's Wood-Fired Pizza. Hey, Ann. How are you doing? I'm great. How are you? Good. Thanks for uh, taking the time out and joining us today. No problem. So tell us a little bit about yourself and uh, you know how you got started in the pizza industry. Um, well, I am the oldest of four girls working, I've been working for my dad, uh, doing restaurants since I was about 14. So that's like 34 years. Um, <laughs> and, uh, I know old now. Yeah. Um, and we started in regular, um, you know, breakfast, lunch, dinner, kind of traditional restaurants. And 20 years ago, we opened up our first, uh, Ferelli's. Uh, I raised three kids and, you know, uh, was going to school full time and didn't join the Ferelli's family until about 2007. Um, so I've been doing pizza uh, just for eight years now, I guess, and um, but no restaurants inside and out, backwards and forwards. 
What was the catalyst to make you join in with the pizza industry, the, your family's pizza business? Uh, well, I, I had uh, been managing one of our other restaurants for about five years and had finished my undergraduate degree and went off to school to do graduate work. And I chose to do leadership and organizational development. Um, so my master's is in applied behavioral science with a focus on those two things. And I was just waiting for Ferrelli's to be big enough to need somebody to do the kind of work that I wanted to do. So um, uh, I took a couple years off to finish school and then I worked independently as a consultant um, across all industries. And then when we had five stores, um, my dad and my sister said, okay, we need you. Come help <laughs> us uh, build the infrastructure we need so that we can, so we can continue to grow and, you know, stay true to who we are as a, as a family and as a, a pizza business. And what was that when you first started? What was what was the first thing that you had to do or figure out in order to get started? Well, it was really interesting. My sister Jackie, she's about five years younger than me. Um, she partnered with my dad in 1994 when we built that first Pirelli's and um, had had her, her business degree in hotel restaurant management. And she is an amazing person. And she built this really incredible culture in this one Ferelli's. Um, Ferelli's was a cool concept for us with pizza because we knew we could hire younger people and train them. So she hired for character and then we taught all the skills because we, you know, had grown up in the restaurant business. So we knew server sequence and how to take great care of the guests and how to put out beautiful food. And so we knew that we could, um, train train the skills and hire for character and she was kind of that owner operator that would sit down with the 15 16 year olds who um, might not be doing so great in school and the first hour of their shift was uh, getting help with homework and then they would would you know come on the floor or go on the line and and do their cooking and we really had almost no turnover in fact uh, four of the young men that started with us at 15 years old are our um, other directors and our actual owners in the company with us now. So her method really worked to build a super successful concept um, and this really vibrant, we call it vibrant working family. So our mission statement is to use our business systems, create vibrant working families, and then nourish neighborhoods, um, not just with our great food, but also being really active in the communities and with schools um, so that people feel really good about um, patronizing us because they know that we're going to give right back to the community. So after we had about five restaurants, um, it was kind of like making a copy of a copy of a copy. And, and Jackie wasn't the manager day to day um, inside each of the four walls. And we lost a little bit of the magic and we knew we had. And so um, that's when I got to come back into the scene and got to recreate in each store uh, what Jackie had created by identifying what were those values that guided her and um, my dad in that original concept and how could we replicate that um, over and over again in, in, in the other stores. And, and so we did. We um, identified, we took all of the general managers, bar managers, kitchen managers, and then all of our senior leadership. And we had a two-day retreat and, and we talked about what that magic was and 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 that's kind of what what we do now. We're always talking about um, growth is one of our big uh, values, responsibility, uh, integrity, passion, family, um, 
So when, when things are out of whack, we look to see where are we out of line and, you know, in, in what ways can we improve uh, to get back on track, right. using those as our sort of our compass. Now, you said a lot of stuff in there. And going back to one of the things that you mentioned was hiring for character. Um, how do you how do you do that? Mm-hmm. Is there certain questions that you ask or certain places you look for uh, certain types of people? Or how do you know that you're hiring someone with good character and then you can train? Them? Yeah, well, what we do is. Right. Well, um, I mean, first, we're looking for people who took some time to get ready to come in and, and apply for a job. And then, you know, like I said, uh, one of our our main pillars is the idea of growth. And so asking people, you know, what are your goals? Where do you see yourself two to five years? We find that people who, who have um, passion for life and who have goals um, and know what they want to do, whether it is passion for the restaurants or I'm getting myself through school or right now I'm focusing on being a great mom. um, We know that people that have goals and who want to grow are going to usually make great employees. Um, so, and then good people know good people. So when right. we find someone good, um, especially if they're they're young, they've got other friends that we can hire. And, you know, I think we, at Pizza Expo, a lot of um, times the struggle with a lot of operators is that the belief that they have that there are no good people out there um, and that then that's fundamentally not what we believe. We believe that people will rise up to whatever expectation you set for them. And, um, and so we have, we have good luck. We we have uh, probably 50% less turnover um, than most restaurants in our industry. Um, So I'm not sure. I mean, we kind of do the normal recruiting that everybody else does. We look on Craigslist. We um, we're close to a couple colleges and we'll go and, post there um and we're kind of one of those places that people want to work i'm really active in the community i I work with uh, our rotary club and um with the boys and girls club so a lot of my friends who are in their mid-40s have kids that are in their teens and college age and so they all want to come work for us so it's a lot of word of mouth how many employees per per location for ferrellis Oh, we have, well, we have seven Ferrellis and we have an Irish pub called Maximeras and we have uh, between 30 and 50 employees per store. So we're up to almost 400 employees. Wow. That's a lot of employees to manage and try to find. So what's your turnover rate? You said you had a low turnover rate. What is the turnover rate? I'm curious about that. It's it's about 50%. And I think it's usually, you know, because it's how you figure it out is how many uh, W-2 forms did you have January 1 and, and then how many do you have at the end of the year and so we turn over about you know 50% and a lot of that is kids that are going off to college or right. um, coming home from college or you know that natural uh, attrition um, we try to do a really good job upfront hiring and, and uh, interviewing uh, so that we don't make bad hiring choices. And a lot of times in the first three weeks, we'll know um, whether or not they're going to be a good fit and, and cut people free sooner than later. Right. I think that's a good point. You said a couple of good things in there that I think that are important is that people will live up to the expectations that you set for them. So like you said, a lot of people that attend the pizza expo um, have that preconceived notion that you know, there aren't any good employees out there. So when they do hire good employees, they don't expect much out of them. And then the employee sees that and lives up to that expectation that the owner set for them. 
Yeah, and we've done a lot of, you know, Pizza Expo is a great place to go for any operator, I think, to just feed off of all the people that are uh, that are in the same boat as them. And then there's a lot of experts there. Um, last year, I think Jason Dorsey spoke on millennials, and that was a powerful presentation. Our crew members, even our management teams, are almost all millennials. And millennials right now kind of have a bad rap. People think that they're lazy, entitled, um, they're not loyal, and we have the exact opposite experience. Um, but kind of some of the information that he gave us about um, millennials makes sense, that millennials are amazing multitaskers. They want their voice to be heard. They like being um, in a team-oriented workplace. Uh, and those are all things that we do. They want to be a part of a bigger vision. Um, so we're always trying to figure out how my belief um, is that they have the answers. They're the ones inside the four walls that see our guests, that know what the guests need. And so instead of uh, leadership going in and telling them exactly what they have to do, we go in and say, hey, what needs to be done? How can we give our guests the best experience, the best food? And they've got all the answers, and then they get to do the work and think about it and appreciate it and value it. And, and that's sort of what that that age group needs, which is now between 18 and 34, so it's almost that, – that is our workforce. Right. Does the, whole, yeah, the pizza industry is full of that that age group of you know, employees. And uh, why, why, one question on that is, so when someone comes in and you interview them, um, do you lay out the process of, you know, how to go about ra ra uh, rising through the company so that when they come in as a new employee, they kind of know already what they need to do to get to the next level? Yeah, we're, we're really great at that in our kitchen. We have um, a hat system. So when uh, we hire a, a, a pizza maker, Generally, what we try to do is hire dishwashers, and they're not going to be their future kitchen managers. We look at every hire for the back of the house as a as a future kitchen manager. Dishwashers don't stay dishwashers very long. That's our entry level. We can tell if they've got uh, work ethic, um, they're going to be on time, have a good attitude, be a good team player. And then as soon as we can assess that, then they move to be a white hat on our um on our line and we train and we give them a couple hours, like a day on salads, apps, the pizza line, um, throwing dough. And, and then they, they master one station. And then when they master that station, they turn, they, they graduate to be a black hat. And with each of these levels, they know exactly what they need to take off the list. You know, as far as how many hours they need to have opened, closed. Um, uh, we, so there's hard things like that that are very measurable and specific. Then there's more things like, are you a good communicator? Are you a good team player? Do you have a great attitude? Um, do you have a, a, a neat and tidy professional image? And so if you're a four or a five, then you can graduate sort of to the next level and everybody knows how much you can make in each of those different um, uh you know, yeah. the hierarchy of, of our, of our kitchen system. Now and everybody, been, sorry, everybody that you hire starts as a dishwasher, no matter their age or experience, or is that the, for the, for the back of the house, mo most of the time, yeah. every now and then we'll hire an experienced pizza maker or cook and he'll start as a white hat, but everybody starts as a white hat and has to earn um, the different levels of hats. So we have a white hat, a black hat and a red hat. And, you know, so we know any crew member, all of us um, owner operators, we can walk into 
any restaurant and look at the line and know how much experience is on the line and kind of what we can expect performance wise just from just from that quick glance and right, that's a good idea. it's created this really positive peer pressure where the guys and gals you know they want to get out of that white hat as fast as possible and they you know want to be a black hat and and so it's 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 been fun and it it did exactly what um we had hoped it would do when when we created it yeah he, I, I talked to I'm not sure if you've ever spoken with Nick Cirillo. I had him on the show a few episodes back, and he had sim- a similar thing where he called it like rookie and then veteran and then coach or something like that, where he had the same kind of similar system. Not exactly the same, but a similar system. Like you come in as a rookie, yeah. you have to work your way up. Yeah, I wish we would have come up with better names than the color of the hat. but um. No, I think you got it right. <laughs> I think that's actually pretty good because, like you said, you can kind of tell as the manager looking back on the kitchen staff, by the color of the hats, that's a great idea of what to expect. Like if you have, if you see all white hats, you probably in, you're probably in for a hard night. Right, exactly. But, but if they're all red, you know you got you got a little bit easier because you have a lot of experience. On we the got staff. a rock star crew yeah. on, yeah, exactly. Well, now what do you what do you suggest in your in your opinion? So someone that maybe wants to implement this system or kind of change their company culture when it comes to how they hire, who they hire. Is it something that you can change your current employees? Can you change the current employees that you have, or do you have to get a whole new staff? No. When 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 we did it, what I did was I got all the kitchen managers together and and assistant kitchen managers, and I asked you know for their input and their advice. Hey, you know we want to create um, a more professional, uh, well trained kitchen where everybody knows how everybody's doing and we want people to be in charge of their own growth. You know, we were having a hard time. Kitchen managers weren't always giving um, timely feedback, maybe not timely raises and people weren't feeling as valued and appreciated as we want them to feel so that they would want to stay with us. Um, And so we got their feedback and they helped me create it. They helped me define, you know, okay, when do we know a white hat is ready to graduate to a black hat? And they identified all of this for me. I just put it together. Um, And so because it was their creation, you know, and their ideas, it was almost um, an instantaneous hit. You know, they they all loved it. And then they probably kind of police themselves too. Like if there's someone who's not kind of following along, they come to you first before you have to go seek it out. Exactly. I mean, that's the idea. It doesn't, you know, it, it, it's not always perfect, um, but it, it works, it works pretty, pretty darn good. It, it's just making sure that the kitchen managers, um, you know, really teach it up front when we've got a new hire and that the new hire has the confidence, um, you know, to, pursue what he wants to pursue to get where he wants to go. Right. And what do you do when someone's kind of not following along? I know uh, I get a lot of emails from pizzeria owners or through my experience that, you know, sometimes you feel like you have a hard time finding employees. So you let things go that if you didn't have that pressure of needing those employees, you probably wouldn't let that stuff go. So you let it build up, build up, build up. And then all of a sudden it just comes to a point where you just kind of explode and you maybe go a little bit overboard um, how do you avoid that situation? How do you talk to your employees to let them know, you know, so it doesn't come to a point where you just kind of explode and in a, a, a bad situation yeah. becomes worse. I don't know if I well, explain we, that. Uh, I coach all of our <clears throat> our leaders. It, the most important thing is is timely feedback. You know, not every night after a shift, um, having spending five minutes 
saying what went really great tonight and what didn't go great tonight. And if somebody is not performing up to standard, maybe it's a one-on-one that says that. And, and, you know, what I have found every time is people know how they're doing. They know when they're doing well and they know when they're not doing well and getting them to admit when they're not doing well and what those things are alleviates the, the, the need for defensiveness and you can just get right to problem solving. Um, that's kind of the perfect world. I, I'm older. I have a lot of experience managing people. It works for me every time, but when I'm coaching a 24-year-old kitchen manager on how to do that, it, it can be, you know, it, it's not always as, as easy as that sounds, but right. when they practice that, you know, immediate, as, as soon as you can, timely feedback that's specific about the behavior, not, hey, you're lazy tonight, but more like, I noticed that you came into work late, um, your uniform didn't look tidy, you weren't responding to tickets when they, you know, came out of the printer, you know, the, the specific things. So you're not, you're not labeling the guy anything bad. You're just saying, this is what I saw. And then you're quiet for a second. And then, you know, he says, oh yeah, you're right. And what do, what do I need to do? Or I'm going to be better. And then, you know, we give, uh, Coaching first, then would be a verbal warning, and then it would probably be either termination or, you know, maybe the job's not a great fit and we find someplace else for them. Right. How often does that does that happen? Often are you are once you get to the point where you can kind of do a better job of finding the right people, that's probably less of a scenario than firing someone, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, we don't we really don't have to fire people too often. A lot of times two people select out, you know, this is a, this isn't a good fit for me and so um uh which is better. That's kind of how that goes. Right. It's Easier. better to let someone have it's better to have the employee decide that that's not a good fit when everybody else is, you know, moving along and they're all on the same page then you know, the other scenario that I just mentioned where you kind of just suck it up and then you know it's not a good fit, but you need someone, you're better off just letting them go, being a little short-staffed, and then finding the right person to fill that role. Oh, yeah. I mean, and we have, you know, because we are a family business and people work for us for a long time, we'll have crew members who were just amazing rock stars, but four years later, they're tired, they're burned out, it's not as fun as it used to be or challenging, and then you let that go for a little while and you know, it, it's very painful because they're, they're like family. Um, my daughter had to recently, uh, let go of a kitchen manager and that was the exact scenario. And, and, um, you know, he had a, and he had a, a problem with his temper, which was creating, you know, horrible morale. And we lost a few good employees. And, you know, what I coach is that people generally don't uh, leave a company. They leave a manager, and so when you've noticed that you've got a turnover problem, it's not usually that it's bad people. It can be ma- bad management. And so uh, making an intervention there and, and figuring out, hey, what's, what's, what's not working here? And in that case, it was he was, he was tired and, and burned out and not a good fit anymore after a long period of time. Right. And that was you know, really hard. It took um, her longer than it should have to make that, that call. But a learning um, for all of us too. I think that's the hardest part. What do you do in a scenario where your manager is a problem? How do you approach that? If they've been, say they've been working with you for five or 10 years or however long it may be, if they're in a manager role, they've probably been with you for a while. How do you, if they do get burnt out, how do you approach that situation and say, Hey, you know, 
they're probably a much more difficult situation to say to a manager who's been with you for 10 years to say, hey, this isn't a good fit for you anymore than it is an employee who just started six months ago. Oh, yeah. No, it's it's, it's brutal. It's super hard. Um, but usually, uh, you know, in that particular instance, the relationship, the friendship is salvaged. Um, he's happier now. Um, it was just, he was very, uh, what's that, you know, when you feel really secure and it's scary to think what else am I going to do? Um, but we gave him a lot of like way more feedback than we should have. Like I said, the decision should have been made probably a couple months before, but it was, Hey, you're not performing up to standard. This is what we're seeing. This is what, you know, is happening. Um, and then coaching that person basically out. Right. And how do you keep all that organized? How do you keep, you know, the paperwork for the employees or the, the applications or the training process? How, do, how does someone start the process of organizing all that? Well, you know, there's a, an amazing website that's called restaurantowner.com. It's like $99 to join, and it's $15 a month, and you can cancel whenever you want. But they've got um, – templates for literally everything from applications to server sequence to, um, you know, how to organize your recipes and, you know, uh, all, all of that kind of stuff. And we use that early on a whole bunch to get us rolling and started. Um, and then we do have old school files in the office. That's a file for every employee that's got all of the, you know, all of their new hire documents. And um, we've got a really rigid training schedule that each crew member goes through and we keep all that in a file. And if we talk to them, that's um, notated um, in the file too. We also do a coaching book. Um, so for every employee, at least once a month, they're getting to spend uh, five to 15 minutes with their manager, finding out what they're doing really well and what are their opportunities for growth. And like I mentioned earlier, we always have the employee says what they feel they're doing really well and what they feel their opportunities are. And then it's a, a, you know, a rich conversation about what they can do to get to the next level and, you know, a host to become a server, a server to move into the bar and be a cocktail or a bartender. And so that's, that's sort of how we keep people motivated and, and informed. That's a great, that's a great idea. I think meeting with your staff is very much under, underrated when it comes to the feedback. I think that time goes by so quickly when you're in the in the restaurant that before you know it, that employee that you said you'd meet with once a month, it's been four months since you talked to him. Yeah. And I and I tell him too, it doesn't have to be this crazy formal sit down, you know, thing. You can have stand up meetings um where you're giving people feed up feedback. And um so, you know, I think people think it has to be a bigger deal than it is. People just want to be acknowledged and know that they're being seen and appreciated for what they're doing. Right. And then just kind of write it down so you know what you talked about so you don't have to keep everything in your brain. Exactly. Um, what kind of point of sale system do you have at Ferrelli's? Uh, we use Aloha. Okay. How do you like that? Um, we like it. It, it works great. Um, and we have a like a whole suite of software that we use with it. We, we do a have a loyalty club called our fire club and we have about 50,000 members and um, we use a, a, a system called radiant voice um, and that gives us a net promoter score for our um, customers experience so they just are asked two questions once a month um, if they come in 
uh, if they come in like three or four times a month, they'll still only get one survey. And the questions are, on a scale of one to 10, how likely are you to recommend us to friends or family? And then the second question based on their score is, you know, either what do you love about us or what do we need to do to, um, you know, to earn a nine or a 10. And we get, you know, so we know if it's how our services in the bar, in the dining room, lunch, dinner, late night to go. Um, We know how each server is doing each server's got a score. So again, that's another coaching tool for us. And um, you get lots of data on, you know, timings in the kitchen and uh, quality of food and um, so it's it's been that's been a really neat thing for us the last few years in helping us manage um, and showing people you know what's the gap between what we expect and how we're really doing right I think that's feedback from customers is is uh, very important yeah I think the, the the servers appreciate it too because mostly especially because we're asking for what's what was great, we get way more positive feedback than uh, negative feedback. And so I think the, you know, gratuities are obviously really nice, but it's also really nice just to hear, you know, little specific things that you did really well at the table. Right. Um, my final thing that I wanted to ask you is you're speaking at the pizza, this year's Pizza Expo. I know it's not your first time speaking there, but what are you, uh, what's your topic this year? Um, well, this year I'm doing the School of Pizzeria um, Management with uh, Michael Shepard, um, who's in Ohio, and he's a world champion pizza guy. He's really passionate about the back of the house and pizza making, and I'm really passionate about uh, just people and management and healthy work culture, so we're a great fit, and, and that's what we talk about is culture, recruiting, training, and developing a strong management team. We've got lots of uh, tools that we give away and a cool workbook, um, and then I teach one class um, or one workshop on uh, communication and evaluate evaluating crew members. Those That's awesome. Those are probably two really good topics that a lot of people need information about, I'm sure. Yeah, and and it's fun. And again, it's really great to be in a room with um, a whole bunch of people that uh, care about uh, restaurants and and the pizzeria business. Where do you have a web uh, website or a link or anything for that so they can go sign up, or just go to the pizzaexpo.com website? Um, just go to the Pizza Expo, and it should be there. the The school of pizzerias, uh, like the day or two, the two days before the expo actually starts, so that you can concentrate on those. They're two four-hour sessions, and there's a bunch of other really good sessions on marketing and um, business systems um, and, you know, anything that has to do with running a pizzeria. There's really great classes being offered. Um, so that's all on the Pizza Expo website. Cool. Any other websites that you'd want to give a, have people go to to check out? Um, well, if anybody wants any templates from Ferelli's um, and it wants to reach out to me, you can Ann, A-N-N, at Ferelli'sPizza.com and email me and I can connect you with whatever um, I've got that might help you be more effective. That'd be awesome. I'm sure you're going to get a couple emails about that because I get emails about that every day and I don't have any templates. <laughs> and thank you so much for uh, taking the time out. Come on, show you. you gave a lot of great information there. I appreciate it. No problem. Thanks for calling, Bruce. And anybody who's going to the Pizza Expo, make sure you sign up for Ann's workshops because I'm sure they're going to be great. How long, How are they? Hour or two hours? How long are they? Well, the two school of pizzeria ones are two four-hour sessions, and each session is 
uh, $250. Uh, and then the workshop that I'm doing during Pizza Expo is free, and that's just one hour. Oh, wow. That's awesome. So uh, go check out Ann at the Pizza Expo this year. That's 2016. Anybody listening to this in the future? I think that's in March. What's the, what's the date of the Pizza Expo? Yeah, March. I believe March, the first weekend in March. So I think I'm getting up there March 5th, so the 6th and the 7th. Okay. So anybody listening to this in April, you missed out. You have to go next year. <laughs> All right. All right. Thanks, Ann. I appreciate you coming on with me. Thank you so much. Okay. Talk to you soon. All right. Thanks. Okay. Bye. Thanks for listening, guys. Really appreciate all the feedback and all the questions I get. I love hearing from you guys that you like the show and what episodes you want me to have and who you need help with and all that good stuff. So if you have a question or a topic you want covered on an episode or anything like that, shoot me an email, bruce at smartpizzamarketing.com. Also, if you're looking to grow your business, meet with other entrepreneurs who meet on a bi-weekly basis once every couple, uh, twice a month, and you want to really brainstorm and grow your business, masterminds are a great way to do that. They're really a great way to meet other like-minded individuals, brainstorm, come up with different ideas and tactics to grow your business, and also come at it from a different angle rather than just the same old, same old. So if you're interested in that, head over to smartpizzamarketing.com forward slash mastermind. And if you want some free samples of the Pizza Saver, those guys are helping the show support them go check out the pizza saver not only will it help them and me but it'll help you in your business and that's really what it's all about so head over to the pizzasaver.com or check out my interview with ed from the pizza saver at smartpizzamarketing.com forward slash pizza saver really help your business grow serve your customers a better product and they'll notice it so that's great all right guys thank you so much for joining me today see ya